So, so that's the interesting thing. CEOs have been calling, or many of them have been calling for some kind of recession, but they haven't been laying people off. And indeed, when we look at the share of, of companies saying that they're going to reduce workers, it fell from 20% to 13%. Um, meanwhile, you still have a large share, um, I think roughly 38% of companies that are saying they're still going to be hiring. And what's really outstanding in terms of, of it being uh, very interesting is that those companies saying little change to their labor forces jumped from 40% to 49%. So that means that companies are still hiring, those that you know are still trying to catch up from the pandemic losses or because they're having uh, labor shortages, especially in manufacturing and construction because you have these older workers retiring. But a ton of companies are just hoarding labor. They're just holding on to people because they think, well, you know, if there is going to be a recession, it won't be that long. It won't be too bad. And we don't want to have to turn around six to nine months later and try to rehire the people we let go. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. To help make sense of these topics, we sit down with thought leaders and do what we do best at the Conference Board, provide trusted insights for what's ahead. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series, and in today's conversation, we're going to discuss our measure of CEO confidence, which is a quarterly survey by the conference board of over 100 CEOs to gauge their sentiment on the economy. Joining me today is Dana Peterson, our chief economist and the leader of our Center for Economy, Strategy and Finance at the conference board. Dana, welcome. Hi, Steve. So, Dana, explain this survey for us. It's a it's a quarterly survey of CEOs. And uh, what does it measure? Absolutely. This is our U.S. CEO confidence measure, and we basically partner with the Business Council and we ask CEOs, uh, more than 50, 150 of them, what are they thinking about the U.S. economy? So many of these CEOs are actually multinationals. Um, so it's not just U.S. CEOs. It's a really broad spectrum of executives. Wow. And, and these are the, some of the largest companies in the world. So these are, you know, th- this is a pretty good barometer and has proven to be a good barometer of things to come over time, hasn't it? Absolutely. And indeed, this survey was conducted between September 18th and October 2nd. So, and a lot has happened even between then. Um, but I would imagine that some of the answers would probably still be the same. Yeah. So what are the biggest takeaways from the from this uh, survey? So the, the biggest takeaway is the headline figure where um, the gauge dipped to 46 now uh, from 48 and so a reading below 50 suggests that that CEOs remain very cautious about what's ahead for the economy now we're much less dour than we were earlier this year or even last year but still CEOs are looking askance at the outlook here but even within that there's a lot of dichotomies and and some cognitive dissonance for example CEOs um, think that the overall business environment will be worse than the business environment for their industry. Also, many CEOs said that 
or rather fewer of them expect that there's going to be a short and shallow recession. And still a large percentage, but significantly lower than what we saw at the st- start of this year. Yeah. So at, at the start of this year, I mean, it was it was, you know, what, over 90 percent, right, of, of CEOs thought we were going to have a recession. Yes. So it was uh, roughly 95 percent thought that. And now we're now we're down to about 71. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a big shift. But still, 71 percent of the CEOs think we're going to have a recession, which really synchronizes with your forecast of a short and shallow recession beginning um, in 2024, right? It does. I mean, it's still it's still consistent with that call. But I think the key thing is that um, something that you've mentioned, Steve, is that some of the CEOs are getting tired of waiting for it. And certainly when we look at the hard data in the U.S., it has surprised to the upside, especially consumer spending um, has been better than expected even despite higher interest rates and very elevated inflation. And also the labor market has held up much better. And part of that is what due to what CEOs are doing, which we can talk about in a minute. Yeah, well, you know, but, you know, this this whole this whole economic situation has been to try to tame inflation. And as you keep pointing out, five and a five point two five percent increase in the discount rate is huge in a very short period of time. And it all in an attempt to to cool that uh, that level of inflation. What do CEOs think? Is that is it working? Well, we didn't ask them explicitly, is it working? But I can look at the hard data and tell you that, yes, it's working, but it takes a while to filter through the system. Yeah. Yeah. So so the cautious outlook then is being caused by what? Well, when we ask CEOs what what things are the biggest risk to their businesses, they listed cyber um, issues, so cyber attacks, cybersecurity, all things cyber, legal and regulatory uncertainty, and also financial and economic risks. The surprising thing is that geopolitics moved down to number four. It had been higher. And I would imagine that if we asked the same survey today, that geopolitics would probably move up, just given, you know, certainly the uh, levels of discord within Washington, the heightened disagreements between the U.S. and China, and of course, the the Israel-Hamas war, which broke out really in the last week. So I would imagine that that would rise to the top. But it's really interesting that, that uh, businesses are very concerned about technological risks and regulatory issues. Yeah, I was a little surprised about that, honestly, because, you know, typically you don't, you don't hear people talking about regulation as the primary a primary risk you know it's it's always out there but it's it, you know it's usually lower cyber you kind of get right because um you know that's that's front and center you know everybody's dealing with phishing and everything else and it can shut down businesses and so forth uh, but really regulatory which is controlled by government entities you know putting rules around business and now they're saying that that's the second biggest threat that they face yes i I think it has to do with, um, you know, some of it's probably the energy transition. Some of it's always, you know, you always have regulations. And certainly uh, there's been a lot of investment by the government in infrastructure and R&D, but you still need permits and (laughs) patents for all those things. And certainly I would imagine like during the the time of the survey, we were staring down a, a possible federal government shutdown. And when that happens, that causes disruptions in 
and permitting and that sort of thing. So maybe that's part of it. But yeah, I found that to be surprising as well. Yeah. And, and you know, we our public policy center, the Committee for Economic Development, obviously is going to take note of that. And, and you know, I think there needs to be discussion between business and and uh, regulatory agencies on on that and what does it mean and so forth. So, Dana, is as you look at the survey results, is there consistency regarding how CEOs think about the health of the business in their industry relative to others? Yes, it's really interesting. In the current conditions, um, you know, they were certainly less optimistic about the general business environment, but they were more optimistic about what's going on in their own industry. So it's always this thing like, you know, everyone else is going to be worse off than I am. And so I think that's really fascinating. And it was similar for expectations where businesses or CEOs believe that their own industry would outperform relative to all other industries. It, it actually is a very interesting thing. You know, I've been around this, um, this survey for about 20 years, um, you know, prior in my role as CEO prior to this. And typically, people are more pessimistic about what they can, what they see more granularly than what they see in general. Cause they always think, Oh, somebody else's business, <laughs> they're doing better than I can do. But it's, it's really the inverse here, which actually, um, you know, leads me to believe that, you know, if they're feeling really good about what's, what they control, then that's actually, in my opinion, more relevant than, you know, what they're projecting about other people. What do you think? I think that definitely is more relevant if you're more optimistic about your own industry and even your own company. Um, but it suggests that you know companies don't and businesses don't work in a vacuum. So if you're still concerned about the external environment, then that should also give you some pause. Okay, now labor markets um, are clearly very important to these CEOs. What are their thoughts on, on labor markets uh, and how does that mesh with their recession expectations? So, so that's the interesting thing. CEOs have been calling, or many of them have been calling for some kind of recession, but they haven't been laying people off. And indeed, when we look at the share of, of companies saying that they're going to reduce workers, it fell from 20% to 13%. Um, meanwhile, you still have a large share, um, I think roughly 38% of companies that are saying they're still going to be hiring. And what's really outstanding in terms of, of it being uh, very interesting is that those companies saying little change to their labor forces jumped from 40% to 49%. So that means that companies are still hiring, those that you know are still trying to catch up from the pandemic losses or because they're having uh, labor shortages, especially in manufacturing and construction because you have these older workers retiring. But a ton of companies are just hoarding labor. They're just holding on to people because they think, well, you know, if there is going to be a recession, it won't be that long. It won't be too bad. And we don't want to have to turn around six to nine months later and try to rehire the people we let go. And then also, I think with fewer, somewhat fewer saying there's going to be a recession, there's no need for them to let people go. So hence, we saw that movement of roughly uh, seven percentage points from net reduction workforce to little change. So that's that's a sign of optimism there. We discussed what CEOs are thinking now regarding the economy and the labor market. We're going to talk about what this means for our forecasting after a short break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to transform your business and stay ahead of the competition? 
Artificial intelligence is quietly reshaping the global economy, optimizing manufacturing processes, and transforming how users interact with popular platforms. Harnessing the power of AI can exponentially enhance your business's effectiveness and efficiency. However, navigating the risks associated with this transformative technology is critical. Privacy, integrity, the economy, and humanity are all at stake. That's why the Conference Board is your go-to resource for the expertise and foresight you need to leverage AI to its fullest potential and make strategic moves that propel your business forward. Unlock the possibilities AI offers your business. Visit tcb.org AI today to access trusted insights for what's ahead and guidance on navigating the AI transformation. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odland from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Dana Peterson, the Chief Economist of the Conference Board. Okay, so Dana, going back to our conversation before the break, what are you seeing CEOs, uh, what, what are CEOs saying about their plans to increase investment then? Well, before we do that, I just wanna make another point about the labor market. Even though more CEOs are hoarding workers, it comes at a cost. And indeed, 67% of CEOs plus another 4% anticipate that they're going to have to raise wages uh, by more than three percentage points over the next year. And that's quite significant. And only a small percentage, only 3% said um, that, you know, that they're going to narrow those increases in wages. And so that's going to contribute to inflation if companies still feel the need that they need to have these elevated wages to hold on to their workers. And also when we ask them about what do you think about uh, attracting and uh, qualified labor, they still think that they're going to have issues. So all of this is still shaping up into an inflationary environment. But just going back to your question on capital spending, um, we have a little bit of a shift in the percentage of CEOs saying that they are going to increase their capital spending budgets. And I think that's also consistent with, you know, fewer of them, somewhat fewer of them saying that a recession is coming. It's like, okay, well, it hasn't happened, so maybe we should start investing. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You know, this whole thing, in the retail world, there's a concept called land banking. So, you know, if you're building a lot of stores, you want to go buy the land uh, in various places for future stores. You know, I see this, it's a metaphor, but, it, you know, I kind of see it now with uh, CEOs saying that they're going to skills bank. Um, in other words, it's been so hard, you know, for the past several years through the pandemic to find specific skill sets, to find the people that they need to truly drive their business. And and in a knowledge-based economy, you know, that this is the core of, of, most, of most companies that they're kind of banking skills. They're holding on to people. They're moving them around. They're building um, things. So the, the the human capital aspects of this has been really fascinating to watch. Yes, and there are a few drivers there. Again, one big driver is the retirement of your older, more experienced workers. So the key thing is, well, let's try to hold on to some of them. Maybe they'll stick around longer. And then also let's get them to train the younger folks. Train them up, as you always say, Steve, to get them to the level such that they can sustain the labor force. And then there's also technological advancement. Like when we asked CEOs and executives in our big annual C-suite outlook survey, digital transformation and automation always rise to the top. And so companies are trying to figure out how to use technology to do the more mundane tasks 
and then elevate their workers to either do something different or something more interesting, more creative to help build productivity for the company. Yeah, it's a really it's a really important thing. You know, if you can get more uh, more sales, more revenue, more profits out of your existing uh, employee base, your existing investment base, you, you you clearly will expand margins and and uh, grow the company. And that that is you know every little company is a tiny piece of you know what you've described as total factor productivity for global for the for on a global basis. It all adds up. So. But you see this you see this at a micro level when 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 CEOs are trying to uh, trying to get more productivity out of out of their existing workforce. Yes. Go back to geopolitics because that you know now obviously we we ended the survey before the Israel Hamas situation, um, but talk about geopolitics and how that impacts consumer uh, CEOs view of the world. Yeah, I mean I would imagine that. If you're a CEO and you're looking at a world that's becoming multipolar, meaning um, you have co- countries aligning with each other, that's a challenge for you because now you have to figure out a whole new set of regulations. You have to figure out a whole new game of trade. Um, and in certain cases, for example, with BRICS, they're encouraging use of other currencies in the dollar. So that means that that causes frictions in terms of your payments and your transactions. All this is very confusing. It's very expensive. And certainly uh, for companies, um, between geopolitics and the disruptions in supply chains from the war uh, uh, in, from the war in Ukraine and also from the pandemic itself, they're saying to themselves, well, I'm going to need to build up contingencies. That means um, building out redundancies and more supply chains or bringing things home um, or stockpiling and all these things are expensive, but it's but it's protections that businesses are, are having to build into how they operate, just given the fact that there's so many uncertainties out there and a lot of it is driven by geopolitics. Yeah, and you said multipolar, but it's almost becoming bipolar with, you know, and that, and that has different meanings. Uh, <laughs> well, you, but, but right, I mean, it's the BRICS, which is expanding, as we know, um, in just a couple months here by five more nations versus, versus the West. I mean, it's, it's turning into uh, military and trading blocks. Yes, indeed. And and if you're a company, that's a challenge, especially if it restricts for, restricts free trade, if it also means complications with having to use different currencies, if it means that certain economies are no longer going to be friendly to foreign investment. All of those are barriers to being a great productive company. Yeah, and I suppose it depends, uh, you know, the, the great answer. Well, the answer is it depends. Um, but it depends on where these companies have their supply chains and where they have their customer bases, right? So if if they are not in these risky areas, then they are probably more confident than than if they're heavily dependent on these areas. That's true. And so in some cases, companies may have to divest and focus on core areas. But it's hard to do when you think about an economy like China, where you have, you know, one and a half billion people and they're shifting into being in the middle class and want to consume, that's really um, that's really tantalizing. And it's very difficult to think about pulling out. And also, when you think about um, production, um, there's a reason why China is the world's manufacturing factory floor. It's because they have the labor and the technology 
Um, so all those things make it very difficult for businesses to have to make these hard decisions, but sometimes you just do. Well, you're, you're exactly right. You know, we, you and I have had this conversation about chips, for example, why are they all in Taiwan? Why don't they just move those factories? Well, you know, those factories can cost a billion dollars to, to move and, and it's very difficult to start up and get the productivity and everything. So you can't just snap your fingers. These are sort of uh, decades long kind of processes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So against this economic backdrop, um, how many more rate hikes do CEOs think that will that the U.S. Fed will will uh, deliver to us? Well, 52 percent expect one more and then 24 percent expect two. And then uh, that's pretty much it. And then but a, a sizable 22 percent or one fifth say they're, that the Fed is done. And um, the thing is that I think that there, there's justification for all of these. Certainly the Fed has indicated that uh, back in, in September at its last meeting that there was one more hike to go. But then this last week we heard from uh, Lori Logan, who's the president of the Dallas Fed, and also Vice Chair Jefferson from the, from the, the board, the Board of Governors, gave out some really dovish uh, commentary where they said maybe the run-up in bond yields will do some of the work for the Fed and maybe... And people interpreted that as maybe there isn't another rate hike. But, you know, we also received CPI data this morning. And, you know, frankly, it's not all going in the right direction. We still have a lot of inflation. We saw a massive number of people hired in September. And also, um, when you think about GDP growth for the third quarter, um, yeah, we're beyond the third quarter, but it was probably, we're looking at three or four handle, and some people even have a five handle on growth. So with all that, that suggests that the Fed will probably need to come back. But we shall see. There are two more meetings, November and December, before the year is out. And so you expect them still to raise rates by 25 basis points one more time, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, okay. Any other um, highlights you'd like to share? We also asked about when the Fed will start cutting interest rates. And um, the thing is that 57% of CEOs believe the Fed will start cutting rates in the second half of 2024. And that's actually later than what the consensus is among a lot of economists and even markets, which have been pricing in rate cuts as soon as the first half of the year. Our own forecast is probably late in the second quarter. So that's, you know, roughly around the middle of next year. But for the most part, um, many CEOs are not expecting any cutting um, until the second half or even later, 28% have 2025 or later. And that's actually not out of bounds with what the Fed itself is saying, where the Fed only has two rate cuts priced in for next year. And they're saying that interest rates will probably have to be higher for longer. So maybe that does sync up with second half. But again, we shall see. So it's interesting that economists are kind of leaning one way, CEOs are leaning another way, and the conference board is sitting kind of right in the middle. And I will remind our listeners that the conference board's forecasting of economics has won awards for its accuracies. And Dana, I'm putting my money on your forecast. Thanks, Steve. Dana, great to be with you today. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening into CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in geopolitics, economics, public policy, and more. 
please share CEO perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, with everybody you know. I know they're going to want to listen. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.